Welcome to the MMA for Money Show, episode 90. I am your host, as always, Mike Copenhaver, also known as Real Mike, aka Don't Cope, just went on Twitter. I'm joined with my producer of the MMA for Money Show, T. How you doing, T? I'm doing good, man. Glad to be here. Yeah, in this episode, we'll be uh, reviewing the UFC 262, uh, some really good review clips and stuff uh, that we'll talk about, and then we'll go over the UFC Vegas 27 that happens this weekend, and I'll give out, uh, we'll give out two bets, but it'll be on one fight, so... Either way, I'm a pleasure to have you 60 of you guys live viewing. Hello, Jackie Girl in the chat. Appreciate you being here. Uh, I want to firstly shout out our sponsors uh, from the MMA for Money show. Firstly, we have uh, Melon Brand Hats, M-E-L-I-N.com, uh, Melon Brand Hats. Uh, they're a luxury line of hats. Uh, my buddy, Brian McDonald's, one of the co-founders uh, in high school, he envisioned this company. And just to see it to come to fruition is absolutely amazing. He sponsors a... Uh, Guys like Michael Chandler, who fought this last weekend, unfortunately lost, uh, but it is what it is. Uh, so shout out to them. Next up is uh, Fokai Stuff, F-O-K-A-I Stuff.com. It's the Guamalian gear. It's our boys over from Guam. They got some of the dopest shirts, uh, beanies, uh, socks, uh, fight wraps, uh, you name it, they got it. So go and support our boys from Guam and uh, get yourself some Stuff.com. And then last but not least, our boys over in Amsterdam, Spliff Seeds. If you look at the on the page on this lemon cream kush, the female plant that's featured there is uh, my girl that's on the the front of a cover of a book that's also on Amazon. So shout out to Split Seeds Amsterdam for always supporting us, the best genetics. So go over there to their website, get yourself genetics for the grow season, and uh, get yourself some medicinal medicine going. Um, once again, I'd like to say hello to Lucia Ibars in the chat. Mel B just jumped in. Appreciate you, girl, guy, girls, and the awards. Um, like I said, we're going to go over the UFC 262. That was actually a uh, you know pretty exciting. Uh, first up on the card, we had our first bet that actually it was the first L uh, we took on the night. It was we had Sean Soriano as the underdog. He was a big underdog, plus 190 versus uh, Christian Gagos. Uh, Christian Gagos got him in a round two submission, so we took a one unit loss there to start out the night. But we had three bets, so uh, we'll get into that further and end up uh, at the results. But right as of right there, we took first off the night. Don't like taking an L, but like being transparent. So we took that one unit L um, from Sean Soriano, and then we moved on to our next bet of the night, but it wasn't on the next fight. Next fight of the card was a featherweight matchup between Kevin Aguilar, and he fought uh, Tucker Lutz. Um, Tucker Lutz won a three-round decision. Uh, the fight was pretty good. They went, went back and forth for three rounds, like I said. Then uh, Tucker Lutz, you know, I just, just edged him. Um, then we had next up, we had uh, Gina Manzani. Um, she TKO won her fight. Uh, that was the end of the prelim, the early prelims. And then on the preliminary card, we had KGB Lee, who I was super high on versus uh, Shevchenko Light, Antonio Shevchenko. Uh, KGB got a round two submission. I told you all last week that uh, Shevchenko Light is the real, she ain't the real deal. She's not like our my girl Valentina, who you've heard me here. I talk very highly of. Shevchenko Light is not about that life. Uh, T and I talked about possibly betting KGB, but we uh, backed Bro, off that, that one. How, how long did she have that um um Chavesco in that freaking triangle? Was it like uh, literally the entire round and uh, caps her with four seconds? Uh, the, there's like eight that seconds. Yeah, it was it was crazy. But uh, shout out to KGB. Uh, she, I I like her. I like her the way she fights, and I I knew she would win that fight for Shevchenko Light. And then next up on the card, I'll have an immediate apology to Jordan Wright for uh, calling him the karate kid and uh, wannabe because he actually showed up with a round one KO, TKO, and just smashed Jamie Pickett into the ground. Uh, it looked really good doing so. And so a lot of people are jumping on the Jordan Wright train right now. I'm still skeptical because he fought a guy in Jamie Pickett who's 11-6. and six, So 
uh, you know, but shout out to Jordan Wright for the T the K O T K O. Uh, it was really cool to, you know, just to see any, anytime there's a finish, it's pretty exciting to, uh, to watch. So, uh, yeah, shout yeah. out to Jason Torello, the MF for money himself in the chat. Appreciate you here being here in the 75 of you live, uh, across all platforms. So yeah, once again, we'll jump back into these fights. We had um, Lando Venata <clears throat> showed up to fight versus Mike Grundy and won a three-round decision. Lando looked better than ever, in my opinion, and just uh, just literally all three rounds edged out Mike Grundy. Um, and, you know, whether you liked it or not, like I said, I thought Lando looked pretty sharp. Um, last on the preliminary card, we had the legend Ronaldo Jacare Souza. He fought Andre Muniz, dude, and holy shit, dude. I'm about to play it now. Dude, just wait till you see it. Like, if you didn't see this live – he literally broke freaking Souza's arm, his shoulder. It snapped, like, like literally. For it be, I don't know if it was just brute strength or because Souza's so old, too. It was a combination of both. But he literally had the brute strength and power to sub Souza and literally snap his arm. He had the, it, dude, he had the balls to say that he had better jiu-jitsu than um, him before I, the match. And then he broke his arm. It's just crazy. Yeah, it's just it's absolutely nuts, man. Uh, it, it's I, to do that to a legend like Jacare Souza is no joke at all, man. And like I said, just to beat Jacare Souza, but to sub Jacare Souza and then to snap his arm and like it's just it's crazy the strength that Andre Muniz had. I said last week that he was gonna have a huge uh, size advantage and a reach advantage over Ronaldo Souza. I never ever in my life expected Jacare Souza to tap or not. He didn't tap just to <laughs> literally lose by sub and have his arm snap. So shout out to Andre Muniz because man, I didn't, I did not know about him and, you know, being that, you know, good at jujitsu or that strong, man. I mean, I knew he'd have a reach advantage, but Holy shit, dude, Jacare Souza getting his arm snap was crazy. So I don't know if you guys saw that, but I mean, it was unreal. Shout out to Ted Hicks who just jumped in the chat. Appreciate you being here live with us, brother. Always uh, nice to have you here. Hopefully jump on one time and you could uh, co-host with me or host. It'd be fun. Uh, then, so like I said, that was the last uh, fight of the preliminary card was Jacare Souza. And then now we, we jump into the main event of the evening. First fight on the card of uh, the main event was Shane Burgos fought Edson Dude, Barbosa. This fight was so awesome. Oh, my God. It's yeah, just awesome. this. If you love MMA, this is what we're talking about, baby. When I talk about soft fighters and fools not coming to kill each other, these two guys came to die today. And you could you tell because it's a round three KO, TKO. These guys are banging this whole fight, whether it was kicks or punches. Uh, Edson Barbosa, man, just holy shit. Round three ended up just finishing Shane Burgos. And, uh, man, I love Edson Barbosa. I mean, the leg kicks, veteran OG, but... I really was confused on this fight. I was not certain uh, who would, you know, come out on the edge. But, uh, dude, Barbosa, round three, like the vet. Like I would say, you don't count out the, those OGs, especially when they're not washed up like Diego Sanchez type. You got to be real, real washed up to go against an OG like Edson Barbosa. But, uh, man, so the fights were absolutely awesome to the, tonight uh, for the fights of UFC 262. It was one of those nights where you just like, it just, you never wanted to end because it was, it just kept, it just felt like it was just getting better and better towards the end. And that was the beginning of the main card. And then we had Caitlin Chukagian. She uh, won a three round decision versus Viviana Araujo. Uh, like I said, BJJ Brown Belt, Henzo Gracie. Uh, shout out to her. I always shout her out for her jiu-jitsu game and then just outpointing these girls, man. And she showed up to fight Vivian Rajo, won a three-round decision like she does, uh, air fighting, point fighting herself, and Vivian Rajo let her just do whatever she wanted. So uh, shout out to Ch uh, Chukagian for the W. And then we had uh, Rogerio Bonturin versus Matt Schnell. 
these two went on a three-round war, and this one was a little controversial. Uh, like some people had a Chanel, some people had Bontran. I had Bontran winning it over Matt Chanel, but Matt Chanel, uh, if you looked at his reaction uh, in the in the, you know when they called the decision, he was uh, not happy at all. But I mean, it is what it is. So shout to Bontran for that W that he he won there. And then next up on the card was our second bet of the night. It was Benil Dariush facing Tony Alkakui Ferguson. And holy shit, man, this was one of the most epic three-round wars I've ever seen in my life. Uh, we had a double dose down down on Benil Dariush uh, for his for the bet. So it, it was just crazy, man. So not only did Benil Dariush have Tony Ferguson in a leg lock where I thought that he – I thought he ver did a verbal tap just by the grimace, but I want to talk to, to Master Barry Yoshida over at the, the, our master down at the arena in San Diego. I talked to him on Facebook, uh, and I asked him, you know, what did you think about uh, Tony Ferguson's uh, facial grimace? Do you think that he uh, verbally tapped or anything like that? And he said to him he did not verbally tap, and so he felt like the fight should go on. I thought that Tony Ferguson grimaced enough for me to stop that fight. It was really, really vicious, the, the leg lock that he, he had him in. I didn't – it just didn't see the reason why you're getting your ass beat and your legs now going to get wrecked. You're not going to be able to fight the whole the whole freaking night. What's up, Jamie Birch? Appreciate you jumping in the chat. Erica, uh, appreciate all you 82 live and the 10 awards that you guys have given out so far. Um, so, yeah, dude, it was just an amazing fight. So we cashed that bet. So we got uh, two units back uh, on that one. And so we won, we're up one unit now. We were down one, jumped up two. And then we had the last bet of the night, which was uh, uh, Charles Oliveira versus Michael Chandler holy shit man I mean round one we had we had Michael Chandler as our boy Mellon Brand hats we had our head to back our boy not only that because he just he's a good D1 wrestler great fighter great role model just amazing athletes both these guys let's get it I, let's get it started right there round one Michael Chandler had Charles Oliveira just literally folded up like a lawn chair on his face I don't know how that he survived at all uh, went through round one, then round two came. It looked like Michael Chandler thought that he was going to have it. And then Charles Oliveira sat down Michael Chandler. And holy shit, dude, ended up TKO on him in round two. Um, it was just unreal. Bad, the, just the swing of momentum from round one to round two. Uh, like I said, we, we, we had one unit down on Michael Chandler as the underdog. Um, so we lost one there. Unfortunately, we, had, we backed our boys, so we went to even for the night. Um, so thank God we had the double dose on Benil Dariush, who took care of the, the one unit on Soriano and the one unit on Chandler. So because we won two on Dario, uh, uh, Benil, we ended up uh, even for the night. So uh, not what we want to, but it is what it is. So uh, one and two, one for two on bets uh, or one for three on bets. Sorry. Um, but either way, ended up even. So no, no big damage. So um, I, I absolutely just I had a thrill watching this fight. What did, what did you think about that? like a couple of these fights first off the say Benil Dariush and Tony oh I, I loved it man Benil made us look freaking like geniuses I thought Tony was done so it didn't surprise me I mean he just he can't hang with them top top rank you know um yeah top rank dudes in the division and, and how are you think. what about Michael Chandler and uh the Oliveira round one what were you thinking about there oh man Chandler like he, he needed to get the finish man he had him I mean, uh, Doe Bronx is a bad motherfucker, dude. I mean, yeah, I'm not even upset he won, dude. Not, I'm not, not either. We, we were both all. I mean, we're all of Air fans and Chandler fans. We had to put a we had to put a bet out there, uh, and he was an underdog too. So Michael Chandler was a good side. It was a good side after the round one. You, you can't really hate. Shout out to Michael Sean, military Michael, uh, my boy Mike Zumwalt from Simi Valley, California. 
appreciate you being here in the chat, brother. I'm watching the show, uh, supporting as always. Um, appreciate all 85 of you here live. And, and like I said, I, it was just after that and the, after Charles Oliveira finished Michael Chandler route two, it, like I said, whether you like Michael Chandler or you liked Oliveira, I liked both. And it was very conflicted because I had a bet on Chandler. I was, I couldn't, it's like, I couldn't even celebrate, but I was so happy for Charles Oliveira because he deserved it. He's been in here since he was a young man. I think he's like 18, 19 years old. So he's been forged in the fire. Yeah. He, he the, earned that shit, bro. He uh, really did. He, he really it. did. It was so sick, man. Um, I, I appreciate the, the award, the cowbell award, uh, Papa prime, uh, appreciate you tuning in and being with us and hope that your health is doing good. Yeah. So, uh, it ended up the night, uh, like I said, we ended up even for the night which was fine with me after the chaos that everything went through. Um, it, it just, you know, I obviously want to end up winning, but even is, is just as good as a push in Vegas. And uh, like I said, so UFC 262 ended it as even money. And uh, so we roll into this weekend's card. Um, firstly, let's, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I had a really hard time getting excited for this card and like getting, getting prepped for it. There is a lot of, there's a lot of BS on this card. I'm, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna lie. I'm gonna. I'm gonna do my best on on certain matchups to make it as fun as possible. There are some matchups on here that shouldn't be. They wouldn't be in in a fight in, in Tijuana, Mexico, when my brother came up in the in the minors and fighting. Because uh, just it's just it's just sick, dude. But it is what it is. So the UFC Vegas 27 is what we're gonna go over and uh, and let's see the first fight of the night. Let me get my notes. Yeah, I could. Uh, oh, was yeah, that you I right? started off, man. Okay, yeah. that's right. Um, so the first one we've got um, Demir Ismagalov versus Rafael Alves. Um, I mean, Demir, he's minus five twenty-five. You should dominate this fight. Uh, they basically just feeding Alves to the lines here. I mean, he, Ismagalov hasn't fought in a bit, so it just seems like they putting this matchup out there so he could knock the ring rust off. Um, what you think, dude? Yeah, I, I I think Demir is he's like he's a five twenty five favorite. So don't get me wrong here, man. I mean you don't like that's that's really hefty. Uh, Demir is fucking sick, dude. He can do it all do it all from spinning back kicks to front kicks to low calf kicks, and he can transfer from a kick to a calf and go for a single leg takedown and have you on your ass really fast. I like the transmission, the transition and the submission game that he's got. Demir all around is really really fun, and exciting to watch. Uh, if he was a negative 555, 25 favorite, if he was like 125 or 150, 180, negative 200, maybe I'd fire on him because I really do believe in this kid is, is amazing. But uh, Rafael Alves is getting really disrespected here at uh, 100 uh, plus 415. I think he, he could possibly win by submission, but uh, because Demir has tapped before in the past, but that was to someone really, really vicious. And that was really early in his amateur career or at the end of his amateur career, but in, in his career early. So, I think Demir is going to absolutely roll. He's going to smash him with the strikes, and it's going to be just absolutely amazing. Uh, I want to say thank you to Aaron uh, in the chat, Aaron Weinbaum, for jumping in. Ryan Richardson, our sponsor. Appreciate all, all you guys and the awards that you guys have given uh, us so far. The 99 of you live, the 20 awards. Really, really can't say enough uh, appreciation for all you guys. And uh, literally, you know, through COVID, you know, we've all been here for each other. And for mental strength or mental awareness month is May. Uh, you know, it's just nice to have friends, whether it's uh, here on HAPS, here on Facebook, here on Twitch, Twitter, Periscope, uh, where it used to be is now on Twitter. Uh, Twitter now, either way. So, yeah, like I said, just appreciate you guys jumping in. And uh, so, yeah, let's see. The next fight of the night is going to be another good one, at least. Yancy Madero's uh, 
plus 100 at the time of writing this is 33 years old. He's 5'10 with a 75 and a half inch reach. He's facing off versus Demir Hazdevic, who's negative 120, the slight favorite at 155 pounds. Uh, first, I'll shout out to the 808 boy, uh, Howley boy, Yanti Maderos, who I absolutely love as a person. Uh, I love Hawaiians, all Islanders, whether it's Samoan, Hawaiian, New Zealand. I, it, it's Fokai folk stuff from Guam. We love all of our boys. But my boy, Yancy, is on a three-fight skid streak. But he is back training in Hawaii for the first time in a while. And he's back training with my boy, Maxi Baby. And if you know me, I love me some Max Holloway. So he's back training with the, the, the beast that he needs to be, getting pushed on the cardio, pushed on the striking. Uh, I believe that we're going to see a different Yancy Maderos here come against the – uh, come come to tonight. And I think that uh, Yancy is going to smash him into the ground. I think that he's going to be a little too much for him, and it's going to end up uh, just being Yancy's night. What do you think about this one, TV? Yeah, it's a pretty decent matchup. Um, you know, like you said, Yancy, he used to train with Diaz brothers, and then he went back on island. Uh, something cut out right there. Your your my cutout still T. All right, well I'll jump in. Um, let's see. Yeah, so like I said on that on that fight right there, yeah, like I said, um, so. you're good now. Uh, cut out. Uh, yeah, sorry you, about you're that. good now. Um, but uh, do you hear anything I say? No, you you basically cut out of Yancey. Oh well, yeah, I was just saying Yancey used to train with the Diaz brothers, and he went back out to the island and uh, yep. hooked back up with Max, you know, and um. Demir is older. He doesn't have the greatest resume. And, you know, Yancey, he's lost to better fighters, in my opinion. Uh, so, you know, I like Yancey here to get the dub. Um, but next up on the card, we'll have uh, Joshua Kulavo versus Yilan Shah. <laughs> um, Nobody cares, really. It's just crazy. Like, these are the matchups that I'm like, I like. I, I have a hard time, you know, breaking down for you guys with these ones, too. So it's no, just not even T. It's just like, what, like, who's. Who are these guys, bro? You got, you know, Josh Kubal. He's negative 245 versus a guy named Yulin Shaw. We don't even know who these guys are, bro. Like, Kubal went to a draw with Charles Air Jordan. So I'll give him a little bit of uh, respect for that, but only because Charles Air Jordan is pretty impressive. But uh, that's the only reason why I really give him the edge here, uh, you know. But Shaw could, you know, do something, you know, to him too. So. I'll go Kubal, you know, just by edging it here. But like I said, it's just a shit show on this. Like this matchup here, this is one of those ones where I, I just it's hard for me to get going uh, to pick. So like I said, I'll go Joshua Kubal by edge. What do you what do you think about the one T can just go fast? Yeah, I mean he's got a slight little reach advantage. Um, Josh does. Um, Yelin, this is his debut. He hasn't beat anybody too great at all. So I'd go with Josh just because he's got the more experience. You know, he'll probably end up getting a dub. Yeah, and so like I said, that one was a, that one was a tough one. Like I said, to get motivated for folks. Uh, the, but next up on the card, we had Victor Rodriguez, who's a plus two seventy five, going off first Bruno Silva, who's at one hundred twenty five pounds. Bruno Silva's a negative three thirty five favorite at the time of writing this, and he's going off the underdog Victor Rodriguez. Bruno is a solid BJJ black belt with good wrestling, good striking, all around great fighter. Uh, he's been he's proven to me, you know, I, this Victor kid. This is a UFC debut. I do not bet UFC debutants uh, ever. Uh, it, his record is so padded; it's gross. It's just really not even funny. Um, and when I what I mean by that, uh, we'll get into it right now. Um, let's see, Victor Rodriguez. Okay, so the guy's seven and three. Okay, 30, 28 years old, five five, sixty seven inch reach. He's on a one fight losing streak, and his 
so we just lost to Adrian Yanez, who was a pretty awesome. I'll give him the I'll give him some respect. Like you can't you can't blame for getting knocked out head kick by Adrian Yanez because Yanez is on fire. He just beat our boy Gustavo Lopez. But before that, he won. A, he beat a guy's eight and one. All right, cool, bro. That guy's not that bad, but whatever. That's your last win. Then before that, the guy's two and one, two and fucking one. Then the guy before that, he's one and one. The dude before that, he's zero and three. They brought a slushy vendor in named Caleb Miller to fight this dude, Victor Rodriguez. There's no way that I can put money down on a guy like that. So it is what it is, bro. Bruno Silva better school this fool. It bet he better look good. Um, and so it should be quite easy. But like I said, this is this is a weird one. I don't know. I don't know much about the other dude to like to say like always oh, got an edge because like I said, his record's more padded than a maxi pad, dude. It's freaking crazy. What do you think of this one, team? Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I... I guess they don't like this dude, Victor Rodriguez, because on his debut, they gave him Yanez, and I, I don't think this is too good of a matchup for him either. I think Silva's got that um, jiu-jitsu advantage, and um, he'll end up beating him. So um, I, I don't like the matchup. I think Silva will end up beating him um, pretty easily. Uh, I mean, Victor's got a shot here. Silva, I, Silva's not a world beater or anything great, but I, I just like him in this matchup um, to, to get the dub. Yes, sir. Um, but – uh. That's what we got up next. Uh, the next fight we got for y'all is Claudio Silva versus Court McGee. Um, you know, we got two vets here. Court McGee's a bit younger. Uh, Silva's coming off a loss to Cruz, where he was expected to get the win. He hasn't fought much in the UFC. Where you got Court McGee, he's been way more active, and he's fought some good competition, too. So, um, you know, Silva has the advantage on the ground, but McGee's never been submitted, so... Um, McGee may he may outwork him here, so I'm kind of leaning McGee's way. Uh, what you think about this one, man? Yeah, this is this is gonna be just it's literally Claudio Silva's gas tank is is literally like a 1964 uh, Chevy 427, you know, something crazy, some big engine in there. It's sucking gas so fast and he drains it so quick. It's not even funny. His jujitsu is fucking sick though. He's a BJJ black belt. He transitioned his submissions are absolutely amazing. But I, he's got about like one, one and a half rounds of gas. He's like that guy that talks sweet nothings to the girl in the club about how he's going to go home and do a big game, and he does not perform at all. That's Claudio Silva round two, round three. He ain't like me. And he's fighting a guy named Court McGee, who's been in the UFC for a long time, and he's a OOG. 19 and 10, he's fought literally every single person in the world. And no, I did not mean for that rhyme to come off right there, but it was clean, and I'll just keep it rolling, bro. So he's coming off of three losses, though. It's Court McGee. He's 36 years old, 5'11", with a 75-and-a-half-inch reach. Um, you know, like I said, he, but he's fought in the best in the world. His last fight was Carlos Condit, who I'm a huge fan of. Carlos back in the day. Carlos right now to lose to him is not respectable. I This is like – I this I freaking had a hard time – with this one last time, I said, no way, because Carlos Condit has never not been taken down. Then he fought Court McGee, who finally did he, – he didn't try to take Carlos Condit down at all for three rounds. It's the dumbest game plan I've ever seen in my life. He gave Carlos Condit uh, one of his two wins that he finally got. It took forever for Carlos Condit to get on a roll again. Then he lost to a guy, Sean Brady, who's really good. Can't blame him there, unanimous decision. He's using decisions. Then Diego Lima, decision split. Then he beat Alex Garcia, which no one really cares about. Then before that, Sean Strickland lost unanimous decision. Sean Strickland is a bad mofo. We've been betting on him making money. So, you know, and then Ben Saunders, OG, Killer B, uh, you know, lost the decision. So, Court McGee's already been here. He's been with the best. His gas tank is proving me for three rounds. 
He's proven to me that he can perform with the gorilla from the club. So I'm going to be going with Court McGee here as the OG to come through and to, to, to win a three-round decision. I think he's just that, that good, man. So um, next up on the card, we have a – oh, dude. Can't wait for this. Dude, I did. This is the only thing that got me and me and my boy D excited. We got Ben Rothwell Slothwell versus Chris. We got the Kung Fu Panda Barnett plus one eighty five. Hey, we got hey, the big real, big boys, two hundred sixty five pounds. Bro, dude, I usually don't get excited for people out of shape. Okay, I don't get excited here. But please, please just watch these videos, watch these highlights if you're live with us here. This guy, the Kung Fu Panda, Chris Barnett. Yes, he does not look like a normal UFC fighter. I usually give him shit for being so fat, for being out of shape. But this dude is so fucking funny, dude. He's got some – dude, he, he gets a little pep in his step. He throws some low mean calf kicks. He fucking comes around with the spinning back kicks and does the dumbest, coolest, the most – just fantastically amazing, dumbest <laughs> uh, shit you've ever seen in your life. And he's going off for his Ben Rothwell Slothwell who – let me tell you about this. The reason why I named Ben Rothwell Slothwell is because Michael Eugene Copeland for myself – Real Mike, I, in my early years of betting, I took a major L when I bet Ben Rothwell versus JDS. I really believed that he was going to beat Junior DeSantos when Junior DeSantos was up. I think it was 2017. I really thought he was going to do it, man. Um, I went down. I drove to Vegas. I dropped. I Dude, I literally, I, I wanted to put more money down on Rothwell, so I slept in my goddamn car. I slept in my car in the casino on a Saturday night. It was on a Sunday. It was on a Sunday UFC event, like 11 a.m. fight in, in another country. So I was like, "Fuck it." Well, I'm not going to get a hotel, so I could just, uh, you know, stay the night and just, you know, cash the bet, whatever. So I put $500 on Ben Wathwell Slothwell. I sleep in my car. It's raining. I should have known by the goddamn rain you should just drive your ass fucking home. So. Either way, I, have, I I go through all the whole night sleeping in my goddamn Prius. I have money to fucking sleep in a damn hotel if I want to. My grandfather's from Henderson, Nevada, down the street, but my stupid ass is just here to bet. And I'm such a degenerate at the time that I'm just like, fuck it. Sleeping in my car, putting my money down on him, and I'm just waking up in the morning, Sunday morning, we're going to go to the casino, we're going to go to the sports betting book, sports book, and sit down and watch this fucking fight. So I sit down and watch this fight. And Ben Rothwell looks like a goddamn zombie with his hands out for three rounds chasing fucking Junior DeSantis around the cage. I was so fucking disgusted. I never in my life ever, ever could believe that I bet on this fight. It's the worst bet I've ever fucking done in my life. I'm only telling you this to never be like me when it comes to this. This is why we don't bet fights like this. They're trolling you here. We got a 245 favor with Ben Rothwell Slothwell who hasn't proven shit in a long, long time. <laughs> He's going off down. versus a guy who's who, who's possibly dangerous, who possibly could come and throw some mean low calf kicks and disable the big boy Ben Rothwell. So I don't know here. I, folks, I'm not saying that Rothwell is, is, is going to win. Uh, I, I'm saying I'm going to be rooting for the Kung Fu Panda, Chris Barnett, to do some fun shit. I want to see a three-round. Three I've never said this in my life. I've never said I wanted a three-round heavyweight fight. I'm begging them to make gods. Please give me three rounds of Ben Rothwell Slothwell versus the Kung Fu Panda. Uh, it's just amazing the shit that he does. If you watch the highlights, he does a spinning back kick. He misses, bro, falls down on his face, face plants. The dude gets rear naked, uh, gets ho uh, double hooks in. Hi basically, could get a rear naked choke or pound the dude out. The dude, the other dude's so fat and sloppy himself that he slides off back when after uh, Barnett uh, smartly knows that he's mispositioned uh, himself and got too high on his hooks, shakes him off the back, 
And then he, dude, he reverses him and pounds him out. These two beasts rolling around like roly polies. I do. This is just some. The, some of the shit that this guy gets into is exciting. I, I've been. I'm wait. I'm stoked about this fight. So Chris Barnett, please, baby, please, baby, bring us some fire, bring us some love, and bring some heat to Brian Rothwell Slothwell, and bring the Kung Fu Panda some respect. And no, that's not his name. That's the name I gave him. But let's fucking go. What do you think, T? Yeah, man, I, I can't wait to watch this fight, dude. Um, we were looking into it, and uh, once we started watching Barnett, we started getting a little excited. Um, uh, the dude's fun to watch. I, I think he's gonna come out. Uh, this is what I want to happen. I want Barnett to come out and just start leg kicking the shit out of Ben, chop him down, and then get him get get him a KO. And then I uh, want to see the Kung Fu Panda with all the break dancing after he gets the dub. Bro, then then feed the Kung Fu Panda to King Kong Romanov. <laughs> My boy, I'll feed, feed him. That'd be a great fight oh, watching man, Chris Barnett. Just like I said, the battle of the roly polies, baby. That's what it's going to be. But, hey, like I said, oh, don't man. get twisted. There's, oh, he'll pick him up and slam him, him on his ass and whoop his ass. But, hey, I don't know. We don't know. We got to get there first. So, But I'm going to be going. I'm stoked that we're going Big Boob Rothwell, as Aaron Weinbaum calls him. That's a great name. Uh, so shout out to him. Shout out to all you guys live. Thank you, uh, Ryan Richardson, all you guys for the awards, 22 you, the awards that you've given us, the 129 of you guys live watching us. Appreciate all of you. Uh, like I said, this fight, there wasn't much to get excited for, but then when we came across these fucking guys, I, I was so excited for the Chris Barnett to fight Ben Rothwell. Yeah, I want Barnett that, to win. Get Rothwell like, out of here. Get Rothwell out of here. He's boring. Boo, boo the guy out of here. The fat lady sung. I'm going Chris Barnett. I've never, I've never thought we'd go so far and so long on a heavyweight fight that, that means nothing, that we're not no bet on, but we're just <laughs> that's how excited we were about that fight over all, all, almost all these fights. That's That fucking fight is the fight of the night. That's my recommended yeah, fight of the night. The event, that, that's, that should be the co-main event next uh, to fucking the main event. I mean, that's the real one, the sleeper fight, folks. So make sure you watch Ben Rothwell Slothwell, Big Boob Rothwell versus Kung Fu Panda Chris Barnett because it's going to be good. I uh, really, really can't say it enough. Uh, appreciate the award, uh, Prime. Really do. Love you, bro. Um, so, yeah, dude, the, the, like I said, we finally got fired up there uh, once we saw that we were going to have a little bit of fun with that one. So next up on the card, we have uh, Bill Algeo, who's negative 110 and fighting the veteran for Ricardo Ramos, uh, alpha male BJJ black belt, who's come out and off at a plus 100. They're fighting at 145 pounds. Uh, you know, Algia's coming off his first win. Ramos is, uh, you know, super young. Uh, it, it's it, it's just this is going to be a really good fight. That's why this is a pick them, right? Like they got it, they got it so dead even. Um, I, I think that uh, I, I if I would bet something, it'd be the over. Then I looked at the over and it was crazy, huh, T? What was it at? Negative 300 or something? Yeah. And I was like, oh, shit. The odd, yeah, the odds maker saw the same thing. So if you do like one of these guys, whether it's Ramos or Algeo, it's by decision, in my opinion. So if you do like one of them and you have a lean, do decision prop, and I think you guys can get a better number, maybe plus 200 or plus 250 instead of the negative or the plus 100, the negative 120 on Bill Geo. So I recommend uh, the over there if you can afford the, that steep number. But I'd say the, uh, if you pick one of them by decision, I'm going to go with uh, Ricardo Ramos because he's the OG. But don't be some, a surprise if Bill Geo comes off with some fire too. So, yeah. Um, I, I man, I felt kind of the same way, you know. Al Jo, he's an aggressive fighter, but um, after I looked at it, I was kind of leaning toward um, Algia here. Um, but I, I, I'm probably gonna um, 
stay away. I like the decision too, but I'm probably just going to watch this fight to be honest. Yeah, this is definitely a watcher. I'm not going to be betting this. If the if the over one and a half was like a negative 180, even I would have fired on it heavily. Um, but it's not. It's like negative 300 or something crazy. So I, it's not even recommendable. But if you do like one of these guys by decision, is is the way that I see it going down. Um, and then so then that was the last fight of the pre, uh, preliminary cards. Then we have the first fight of the night, which is finally is another one of the good ones. It's uh, we got Jack Hermanson, who's a negative 145 favorite versus Edmund Shabazian. Plus 125. These boys are going to be fighting at 185 pounds. It's going to be an absolute treat to watch. Edmund's got some really good boxing and a decent ground game. Jack Hermanson has got a, a superior ground game and more experience, in my opinion. Um, this is going to be a weird one. That's why the the, the odds makers got it at a negative 145. Jack Hermanson because literally it's it's like I, I favor Jack Hermanson because of experience. But he doesn't have, like, the wrestling ability that Brunson does with the takedown game that a D1, D2 wrestler has that uh, Brunson uh, used on Edmund to implement. He has a couple trips. He's got he's got a decent ground game. He's got a guillotine choke he likes to rely on. But uh, just having a guillotine choke isn't really, like, a great submission game. Uh, that's not really even a submission game, in my opinion. Uh, loving jiu-jitsu and wrestling. If you rely on uh, just a guillotine a lot, you're soft. You're you're so rookie that it's not even funny if that's your move, bro. Because uh, real OGs are just gonna just breathe through it and just you're gonna gash your arm out and you're gonna be fucked soon. So, Jack uh, Hermanson is uh, you know just he has the edge, but I'm gonna be leaning Edmund Shabazi in here. I think he's got the slight edge in the boxing. This is a boxing versus uh, grappler in my opinion. Uh, edge on Edmund Shabazian. What do you got uh, with this one, T? Yeah, I, I like Edmund here too, man. Um, when I first looked at the matchup, I mean it. it you know Edmonds coming off the loss to Brunson, and then you know Hermanson's got a better ground game. So it's kind of like, all right, well, it looks like you should pick Hermanson here. But then, it, you know, Edmund, he was hyped coming into the fight with Brunson. And it's, I think, he, you know, Brunson's just a way better wrestler than Hermanson. So I, I think he might have learned something in that fight, come out here and, um, you know, get a, get a dub. Yeah, but like I said, I don't I don't like betting against the OG. Uh, it's one of my rules. So the OG here would be Hermanson, but it's like – it's not enough, like, uh, of an OG to, of a gap for me to give him, like, that much yeah. over Edmund. You know, it's like a few – it's like the perfect line on this, too. On yeah. This. I, it really is perfect. And uh, uh, Jason Trello, uh, primetime himself, just said, Algeo and Ramos goes to decision is $175, win 100 I think that is, is a good play. We will see next week uh, how that goes. So, but uh, I thought it was higher than that. No, I, thought, I think – I might have looked at the wrong one. Okay, yeah, maybe, maybe you had so to. many. Either way. So, yeah, that that's it's going to be a good one. So let me see what we got here. Next up on the card, we have David Dorvac. He was going to fight. He's negative 145 versus Rulian Paiva, who's plus 125, and they're fighting at 125 pounds. Um, you know, Dorvac is going to be a lot a, a, be smaller here, and that's the only really thing that's throwing me off. Uh, Dorvac's really well-rounded. I, I think that uh, – they, the UFC for sure knows it's going to be a really entertaining scrap between two prospects that whoever comes out on top, we're going to be super, super really highly entertained. The only thing that I that I don't like is the little bit of size advantage and the reach that Paiva has and the XP on Dorvac, but it's not much XP. And so I'm going to be leaning David Dorvac uh, with a slight 145 lean. I think that he's just a little bit meaner and that he's going to probably win by decision, but it should be a great scrap. Um, what do you think about that one, T? Yeah, I, I kind of think the same thing. Um, you know, the, the size, um, you know, Pavel, he's a little bit bigger. Um, David, he was dominant in his last two fights. And then uh, Paiva's coming off two wins as well. But uh, I think David's a little bit better, so I, I kind of lean in towards him. 
Yeah, so Primetime just said that the negative, the over one and a half is negative 300. So we were correct on that. On that negative, was the three, one, uh, yeah, negative 345. Better. Yeah, but the, this, the, the one Primetime picked out is probably the best play on that. It was the Algeo Ramos goes a decision. So shout out to Primetime for the negative one. So negative 175 bucks to win 100. Algeo Ramos goes a decision. That, that would be a great play back there on the last one. So, but this one we just said, uh, Edmund were both leaning. And then we just talked about it. We both did Dorvac. Um, next up on the card, we have Felicia Spencer, who's eight and two, going off Norma Dumont, who's five and one. I mean, dude, these are this is low level women's MMA guys. Like, I, I love women's fighting, and it really do. They put a lot of heart and, and, and soul into it. But oh my gosh, dude, where do I get started? Felicia Spencer. Uh, I mean, thirty years old, five six, sixty eight inch reach. She's coming off a, a loss. Uh, to Amanda Linus Nunes, which you can't even, you know, you can't blame her. She got beat up for five rounds by Amanda Nunes. We all knew that would happen. I'm surprised she survived five rounds, so we'll give her some props for that. Uh, so then she won versus Sarah Furin, who has got no takedown game uh, defense at all, uh, won a ground and pound round one. And then she lost to Cyborg, uh, unanimous, unanimous decision before that, um, and then won uh, Rene Kachok for uh, Megan Anderson before that, which I don't give her, like, that's not even hi- that highly touted. So, I mean, I don't. The edge goes in experience to Felicia Spencer and then uh, Norma Dumont's 5'1". Uh, she's 30 years old, 5'7", 67.5-inch reach. Uh, she's coming off a W versus Ashley Evans-Smith, which isn't really a W. And then she's coming off a loss from a, cross right, a right cross from Megan Anderson in round one, um, who I'm not high on either. So this is battle of the baddies. Uh, I don't recommend this fight at all for betting, for anything. I, this literally go grab a pizza, grab a beer. This is when you go take a bathroom break. But I'm going to be taking Felicia Spencer by just just by decision or just by edge of experience. But I I'm, I would never bet this fight in my life. What about you, T? Uh, I mean, I'm, I I ain't worried about this fight too much. Too much, too much. She hasn't done anything that impressed me on her resume at all. So I'm just going to bet that Spencer if I even bet it or if I even watch it. Um, like you know, I might go smoke a bowl during this fight or something. <laughs> Back after, we'll see how it goes. Um, but next up after this fight, we'll have a pretty decent one on with some heavyweights. Uh, we got Justin Taffa versus Jared Vandera. Um, you know, I like the New Zealand boys Taffa and, and, and Tua. Um, you know, Vandera, he, he's the bigger guy in the fight, so that. That kind of scares me a bit because he's a lot bigger. But, um, you know, Taffa, he's been inconsistent in his career. And heavyweights, you know, it's usually a coin flip. So, you know, is the line high enough to take Vandera? No, I don't think it's because he's not too good, you know. So yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll most likely watch this fight. But if I was going to bet it, me personally, I'd probably take under two and a half at minus 225. Or, or maybe, I, I don't know, uh, maybe later 200 on Taffa. But what you think, man? Oh, man. I mean, literally, uh, Chris Barnett versus Slothwell Rothwell could be up here on this fight instead. And instead of fighting, we're talking about Justin yeah, Taffa. Nah, I love Justin Taffa because a New Zealander. Shout out to another Islander. Tra- trains with Mark Hunt, uh, P- Tyson Pedro, um, T- Bam Bam Tai Tuivasa, and all the boys over there. So I, that's why I like him is he's been training kickbox his whole life. His brothers are, tra- are fighters, too. Uh, two of them one of them is i believe his little brother is even meaner than him man he's a savage so i i it's like everything in my heart says justin taffa is gonna smash jared vandera into the ground but you're right there's a there's a size advantage here on jared vandera's uh side that's just great it's a little bit scary so uh, jared vandera is 11 and 5 he's 29 years old he's 6'4 he's got an 80 inch reach he's coming off a loss to sergey speed off round two 
Ground, he literally turtled like a little, like literally like my little sister, fall, crawled over and just gave his back. Like it was just, it got pounded out by Sergey Spigoff. So like I, I, bro, it was so soft. He, he showed me so much quit in him that I, and like he's tapped a triangle choke before that of uh, many uh, fights back. So he's got the tapper. He's got the ground and pound uh, losses. He's the, he's the, I love to bet against guys like this. But because he is, like I said, he's 29 years old, uh, 6'4", 80-inch reach. Then we go to Tafa, uh, who's 27, 6'4", and 74-inch reach. So we're talking about a, it's a significant reach and height advantage, but Vandera sucks. His striking is is terrible. He's so flat-footed, and so he, he literally walks into punches. You could call him pillow hands. Like, he, he's – literally, he's got a size advantage. He, I think he's only got two chances. One random wild right hand, which is any heavyweight's uh, chance, and the other is he's got a decent lower calf, uh, lower outside calf kick that could, could maybe disable the the nerves of the leg of Tafa. But I don't think so. I think Tafa's meaner. He's just going to be a little bit smaller. So I think he's going to be able to close the pocket and just land one right on the, his face. So I'm going to be going with Justin Tafa, the Islander, to finish uh, Jared Vandera. But this this one's gonna like I said it's gonna be sloppy, boys. It's gonna it's gonna it's not gonna be as fun as the other ones that I got hyped for. So, but next up on the card, what do we got? We have do we have uh Yunin Zion? Uh, I don't know. I dude, it's so hard to say her name. I'm like, say Yunin Yan. Yunin Yan, negative one thirty versus Carla Esparza. It was plus one ten. That uh, the hundred fifteen pounds. Uh, dude, Carla has been in the women's division literally since it's been birthed. I, be- I believe she won the, the first ever title uh, out of the ultimate f- or fighter or however it was it was gifted. She was one of the early ones to get one of the Harley Davidsons, and she won. I know of that. So she's been here. She's fought with every single women's fighter that you can name of. Uh, these two girls both have a mutual opponent, and uh, it's Carla Esparza. Um, and if, you know, MMA math doesn't really work, but they, they, you know, with this one, they both, uh, Claudia, let's see, Carla lost by split decision to, uh, Carla, uh, Claudia and Jan just beat Claudia. So Jan to me is peaking. She's got a higher ceiling. Uh, she's the Chinese fighter. She's super exciting. Uh, I like her striking game. Carla, um, she's got, a, she's really flat footed and she doesn't have like enough volume to me, uh, an all around kicking game. But she's got the she should have the better American wrestling. Um, I I'm not that high on her. That's why the the line is where it is. It's negative one thirty on neg, uh, plus one ten. Carla Sparza. You would think that Sparza would pull this off because she pulls off every single split decision that's hairy that's possible. So if you like Sparza, pick her by decision because that's how she's possibly going to win. But I like Yan here. I think she's going to roll. What do you think about this one, T? Yeah, I mean, Yan, she's coming off a nice string of wins versus decent opponents. And, you know, as far as she kind of squeaked by in her last few fights, but it's like you said, she always ends up getting a decision. Um, uh, I, I like Yan here. I think she's tough, and it won't be too hard for her to get the W. She just needs the stuff to take downs and, and beat her ass on the feet. No, that's probably what's going to end up happening, and she'll end up winning by decision nice. is, is my take. Yep, well – then we got the last the last fight of the night is the main event of the evening. We have Rob Font, who's coming out at 120, negative 125, 33 years old, 5'8", with a 71.5-inch reach versus Cody Garbrandt, who's plus 105, 29 years old, 5'8", 65.5-inch reach at the 135-pound division. Uh, Cody's going to be a lot smaller here, man. I mean, I know that they say that they're both 5'8", but, I mean, this is like the guy in high school who's like, yeah, bro, I'm 5'8", bro, I'm 5'8". I'm like, bro, you're 5'6", dude. Just calm the fuck down. 
that's like your high, that's like your stat you wrote in your yearbook. Okay. Calm, like calm down little guy. There's no way that you're, that you're the same size as Rob font. You're, you're going to see it in the reach advantage. It's literally almost five inches or so. Um, it's, it's going to be significant. I feel like he's going to just be all around more powerful. Cody's shown that he's literally, he, he, his chin is not the same. He's been through a lot of damage with, uh, you know, sadly, TJ Dillashaw, Juice Shaw, uh, took, you know, the best of him with the EPO streak, uh, that he went on and, uh, smashed my boy Cody's, uh, jaw too many times. Uh, it's sad to say, we don't even know if Cody would have uh, lost those fights if, if he was on the EPO, but. It is what it is. He's taking so much damage. It's very hard for me to trust Cody Garbrandt. He's coming off of COVID. I guess he got pneumonia. It was really bad. Um, it, like He couldn't train for a long time. He had a really bad bout of vertigo. Um, I don't like the sound of that at all. Uh, bout of vertigo in a, a five-round fight. You haven't been training as hard or as sharp, and you're not as sharp. Uh, first, a guy with Rob Vaughn, who's got, to me, but the the same or equal better boxing. He's got better reach. He literally boxes to me better. And he's got a tougher chin. Um, he's a, he's smarter in the pocket. He's not going to make as dumb of a, of a decision as Cody will with that Julian Lane, let me bang bro type shit. So this is our only bet of the night. We're doubling up times two, 2.5 units at the negative 125 on Rob Font to silence Cody Garbrandt and put him down in the depths of hell so that we cash for the MMA for money show. So let's fucking go. What do you say, Keith? Yeah, man, I'm right with you. Um, you know, fine. I mean, I, after looking at it, I think he easily has a better um, technical striking. Cody, you know, he's just got the power advantage. And it, what I don't like about Cody is he got finished in three of his last four fights. So it's like he's saying he's got a ton, ton of wear on him. And, you know, with Font being better on his feet, I, I think, I, you know, I even like the, um, that's not the show bet. We go, we go on Moneyline, but I like Font by KO or Font ITD as well. Um, yeah, I like the, I like, I like Font Inside Distance as well. Uh, KO, TKO for, to silence Cody, but we're doing the Moneyline. It's safer. So we get everything. Um, so either way, uh, you could go with the, the, the TKO, KO prop or Inside Distance, but we're going for the Moneyline times two. Uh, so let's go, baby. We appreciate all 139 of you guys live tuning in, the 29, 25 awards and likes and loves. Uh, I can't thank you enough for the support for the MMA for Money show for the brand. Make sure you go to MMAformoney.com. Get yourself a package of the premium sports. My boy Primetime is the absolute best. As I tell you, he catches those NASCAR winners like you wouldn't believe. Um, and, you know, he's got hockey. He's got hockey season. he got playoffs that are always amazing. He literally kills every single sport that there is with football and uh Look, baseball, just any sport, Olympics, like you wouldn't believe the women's FIFA. So make sure to go to MMA4Money.com. We appreciate each and every single one of you guys here that's tuned in for us and, and supported us. Remember to check in on your loved ones with Mental Awareness Month. Uh, there's a lot of people that don't have uh, friends. If you haven't heard from a loved one, maybe you should reach out and call them. Uh, because like I said, they, there's a lot of people that are hurting during this COVID and it's really taken a, a toll on them. Um, I, then once again, thank you for tuning in for MMA for money show and let's go. Mm -hmm.